I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello one and all, and welcome to Behind the Glass. I'm your host, Sam, from the YouTube channel Seen Through Glass. And I'm Tony from Gravelwood Car Sales. Yes, you are. Uh, each week we get together, we talk about cars, motorsport, F1... Car, what else? Cars? Cars? We cars, 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 cars. <laughs> <laughs> you can listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. You can watch us on youtube.com forward slash behind the glass. Don't forget to subscribe and turn on notifications. And Tony, if people want to support this podcast, what should they do? Watch it. No. <laughs> <laughs> but also head to Patreon. You can support us on patreon.com forward slash behind the glass. Thanks for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed the episode. I, I think we just have to dive straight into it. Because my McLaren video went out yesterday. At, at time of recording, it's Monday, just to reveal that to everyone. So my video went out yesterday. And we said last week we would, we would talk about my experience in depth here on the podcast. So I think we, we just have to launch straight into it, don't we? Well, we do, yeah. But I was meant to watch it and I didn't. Oh. <laughs> no, I, know, I, guess, I guess that's good. Because oh, maybe, okay, there's, maybe there's lots of other people who haven't watched it as well. So, um, so yes, uh, just to recap, uh, last week I had the keys to McLaren's very own 720S Spider for four days. And this was all part of me wanting to and trying to give them a bit of a second chance, a bit of a clean slate after we were quite horrible about them for about 12 to 18 months. Um, growing resentment, growing frustrations towards their cars. And uh, quite amazingly, uh, amongst, you know, along with sort of pressure from listeners on this podcast, uh, McLaren got in touch and said, look, let's let's try and rectify some things. We've been working harder to rectify lots of things in the factory. Uh, and we want to see if we can sort of show that to you and help change your mind. And there we go. So yeah, so they let me the car for four days and it ended up being a very good four days. Good. No problems. Unbelievable. I mean, actually unbelievable. I know a lot of people said, oh, you know, commented on the video going, well, it's only four days. Like, you, that's not a long enough amount of time. And I agree. And I said as much in the video. I said it's not a long enough loan. But I actually cannot think of one other McLaren loan experience that even within one day, there hasn't been one issue. Mm. Doesn't matter how small it is. I'm talking about tyre pressure monitors or the door not closing properly or window not shut, whatever it might be. So actually four days with a McLaren that's been loaned to me without one problem, pretty impressive. Well, we can eradicate one of them things or two of them straight away by looking at it. Did Everything was in a straight line as in build quality and yes. nothing was falling off of it inside. Now, what I'm hoping is to go into more detail in this with McLaren at some point, whether we can get someone from McLaren on this podcast, that'd be amazing. Whether I go and do a piece at MTC when, when we're allowed to do so. They've told me that they've sort of changed how these cars are, are put together, the build process or the quality control or something to eradicate, yes, bits of trim falling off or huge 
panel gaps and and obviously mechanical or electrical faults. That's what they said to me, and I, I you know I believe them. And this car felt that way. It looked fantastic. It felt fantastic. Even Vicky got in the car and she was with me in that 720s track pack car that was really a disaster. Mm. She went. It, it immediately feels better put together in here. It feels more quality in here. Uh, I mean, inside the cabin. Uh, so yeah, as a package looked and felt better. But then, as I say, yeah, no issues. So I kind of got to believe them. But it was a brand new car. Mm. It had 300 miles, 450 miles on the clock when okay. I picked it up. Fair. 2021. So does that mean that that's the first car to roll off the line with these improvements? Well, we know over the last year or so, McLaren have built less cars than they normally have. So let's see whether they stick to them principles because that would probably be the reason why, because they've slowed production down. Um, and and, and it, it seems like from what you're telling me, quality over quantity. So, you know... But the time will tell with that. Time will tell. And, and so I sort of, I subtly hinted uh, at the fact in the in the piece, but also I've been chatting to McLaren for a while now about this. I'm hoping to get a car for a longer period of time, mm. you know, because that is the true test. I think as a lot of people mentioned below, you know, you can't tell after four days, you need to spend three, four months with a car to really see, you know, if it can stand the test of time. But for me, what I also want to see is is the full range. I, I, they can't just focus on the 720S because maybe that was the car that was going wrong for them. All of these changes need to be made across the range because when was it that you went on a trip with a brand new 570S Spider and mm. bits of the body actually started falling away mm. on your road trip? Yeah. So it needs to, I, need, I want to experience lots of different McLarens, the GT and the 600LTs and all these different cars and make sure that all of them are being built in this way that theoretically means that they're a lot more well, the quality of their build is stronger. Well, they've got a lot to compete with, haven't they? And that's the problem. They, we, As we said, they fundamentally are a very good car. We just we just fell out of love with them, firstly. And secondly, the way they run as a business and a company, we, 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 didn't, we didn't like it. So Absolutely. Hope- and I think a lot of people have picked up on that in the comments again, talking about it's not just build quality, it's it's customer care. Mm. Something I didn't really talk a lot about because I was spoiled. My experience of customer care was was very good. Maybe because I picked a good dealer, um, but maybe because they were aware that I was on social media. I don't know, but it was always very good. Um, but of course, values. And you know, I think a lot of people said, well, once bitten, twice shy. Thank you. Um, and you know, a lot of people, once they've experienced losing that much money on one card, just not prepared to do it again. My question is, if this is a turning point, it's going to take firstly a long time, I think, for McLaren to really build up sort of, um, what's the word I'm thinking of? The rapport again. Yeah, the rapport, the the confidence, the confidence yeah. with, with customers. Um, but if they do, will the values, do you think, hold a little better? Because in my so, mind, is it the it's not the reli- unreliability that makes them so unvaluable or lose so much money? Yeah, it, it, it's it's a long road back, mate. To be fair, mm. and and they just have to stay. The, like we said before, what they were doing before didn't work. It wasn't working. So the only way they can correct it is by starting again, throwing that old model away that doesn't work, and starting again. And let's hope that by what you've said and what we've seen in this 720, this is the start because it's a hell of a long road, way road, 
long way back. What's wrong with yeah, us? I know, we're all <laughs> over the shop. It's, cold. <laughs> it's not that cold, is it? It's not that cold, but for some reason we can't get our words out. We need to have another coffee, clearly. I'm still sipping on mine. Um, <laughs> but yeah, look, we're all, I think we are hopeful. You know, we, we're, we're trying to be positive here and, and this was a great experience. I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed spending time with the car. I was excited by the car and I'm excited by more sort of McLaren adventures as the year goes on and, and mm. that's what we're planning. So watch this space. Uh, I really appreciate all of you that did watch the video, the feedback that you gave, whether you are McLaren owners, maybe you one day dream of being a McLaren owner. It all helps with this piece that we're trying to do and and trying to assess uh, and I want to hear from you. So yeah, definitely keep doing that and thank you also for the support and the the nice comments you made about the editing and the style of the video. That, that I appreciate because I put a lot of work into that video. I think my expectations were high, but I knew also, given how popular that podcast was, that maybe a lot of people would be watching the video. So I really put a lot of effort into it. And so it was really nice to see a lot of people uh, recognising that. So thank you. Anyway, so that was my week. What have you been up to, mate? Well, we've been, we've been a little bit busier. Oh my, you, just to be honest. Every week, busier and busier. Yeah, we've... Um, you sure you want to go and order that Jumeirah now? No, no, no. I've got to move house. Oh, hello. <laughs> yeah. Um... Yeah, we, we've been a bit busier, but bought some stuff and sold some stuff, which is good. Some some heavier stuff as well. Um, while we're on the subject, um, I'd like to say a big thank you to some of you that have supported the business over the last few months, um, al- allowing me to buy some of your cars um, and, and sell you some as well. All real, lovely, proper cars, good people. Um, I wish I could buy all my cars that way, but obviously I can't. But um, yeah, just, just a... a Big thank you, and um, I honestly, genuinely, really appreciate it. So, so is that a sort of not a highlight, but I guess it makes your job easier or funner, maybe, when the actual buying or selling experience is nice. Because I bet you get messed around quite a lot. Yeah, I mean, not as much as you'd think because I kind of sieve them out really quickly, so I don't spend too much time with them. But Honestly, every person I've met that watches the podcast have all been real. And you know the nice bit that I've heard more than once is that, okay, Tony, you haven't quite bid as much as we buy any car or or, or as, as another competitive dealer, but we would like you to have the car because we'd like to support you. And that's really nice. That I mean, it's not very often that happens, but the fact that it has happened, that's really nice. And I, honestly, I'm so grateful for that because, uh, 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 you know, at the moment, it's tough for everyone, and um, yeah, it, it, I'm 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 ecstatic. It's really good. Well, we we love this community. I think we love the behind yeah. the glass audience. Whether you're patrons or just listeners or watchers, whatever, however you might do, whether you dip in and out, we don't care. It's great to have you here. And as I say, we do read all the comments. We we mention it almost every week. We read everything, DMs, comments, whatever it might be. We don't always have time to get back to all of you yeah. uh, but we take it all in so to so keep sending those comments and of course yeah if you're looking to buy or sell a car Tony is your man uh, and, and if you want me to film your car <laughs> hello <laughs> no, no, no to four year old sports prestige hot hatch SUV that sort of thing that's, that's what you're after yeah yeah well, we are also, you know, trying to think of ways to give back. Uh, we always are. Uh, you know, Patreon, of course, a lot of you give towards us, but we try and give back in various ways on that Patreon page. But there's many of you who aren't patrons and we want to give back to you as well. So we're, we're coming up with some big plans. It, it feels like there's a little bit of light at the end of the tunnel with the COVID restrictions in place here in the UK. We're still, I think, months away from any fun. <laughs> 
But it does feel like there might be fun again at one point. I mean, I think in the middle of January, I was like, maybe we're just never going to have fun again. I don't know if it's a light. So <laughs> like, it looks like a train's coming through. There's going to be a light. <laughs> there's, there's something. I just feel like maybe by the time we get to the summer, we might just be able to do things that we want to do rather yeah, than just yeah. sitting in our house. So yeah, of course, yeah, plans are in place to try and uh, you know open our doors and meet more of you and talk to more of you and inc- and sort of include you in this show. Yeah. Um, to speak on that, two things. Firstly, we are so nearly at 40,000 subscribers. We are, yeah. Amazing. Yeah. So thanks to all of you that subscribed recently. If you haven't yet and you're thinking about it, please do subscribe to this YouTube channel. Turn on notifications so you don't miss future episodes. Um, but because maybe there's this positivity ahead of us, has it got you itching for a for a car yet, for a new car? Well, I mean, I am going to... I've got my eye on a couple and, and I, I'm, I'm just going to just keep my hands in my pocket for a minute, mm. mate, because... Until I know that we can leave the country, we don't know when that's going to be, by the way. What's the point in me buying more cars? I mean, I don't well, I go uh, anywhere in them. There's, I mean, for me, it's also leave London. <laughs> like, you know, I, I, I'm doing a bit of travelling for work when I've got to film a car and I need to go to a nice road. Obviously, I, I can't find a nice road in central London. No. But I'm still keeping that mileage relatively restricted. Mm. I mean, I, you know, I want to go to the Lake District so badly. I want to yeah. drive around Wales. I want to drive down to Cornwall and Somerset. You know, all these places. And I just don't feel like it's the right thing to do at the moment. So I'm waiting for that. That's my big go. Mm. And I'm spoiled at the moment where I've got lots of cars downstairs. But I, nowhere I, to go. Yeah, <laughs> nowhere, nowhere to go. I thought you were going to say, and they won't turn on. Um, but obviously, yeah, that, so I, I'm thinking about it. So I thought maybe you'd be like, oh, what, what's, what's going to be that first drive and what's the car I'm going to take? Yeah, I mean, I, honestly, mate, I do keep my eyes open, but my, my glass is half empty as opposed to half full at the moment. Mm. Uh, you know, I'm just, there is no, no point. And don't forget, I've got 50 cars at work. Yeah. So it's not as though I'm desperate. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I don't. I'm not desperate for. I mean, I can't. It's pouring the snow. I mean, I can't go anywhere at the moment. Yeah, yeah. No, it's really not ideal. (laughs) It's a disaster to drive anywhere. As I'm learning, because I've got some very juicy press cards, (laughs) which I'm not going to talk about just yet, because the videos aren't coming out for a while. But um, yeah, really not the ideal conditions. (laughs) Uh, Inappropriate tires on them. Definitely. Um, how is that F-Type R getting on it, yours? Is it, have you well, it's just sniff- gone. But are people sniffing around? Um, they're weird F-Type Rs, mate. Oh. So, I mean, they're, they're great car. And they're, I always compare them to the Aston, right? And if you compare okay. them to the Aston Vantage, mm. they are unbelievable. Unbelievable. Because they're always better and, and they're always a lot less money. So, but they can be slow burners. Sometimes they sell like that. Sure. Sometimes they take a bit longer so and as well for me like i don't really take too much notice if i put a car online and i don't get instant interest on it i only want one bloke yeah yeah like, of course like, it's probably gonna be me yeah <laughs> well, that's what i'm trying to warm you well, up that's what i was asking <laughs> uh what year is it again it's a it's a 68 plate okay so yeah it's uh, the black, decent one black with black um, pan roof, the nice wing back seats. Because that was when they got the facelift interior, they got the updated infotainment system, Correct. didn't they, and the new lights and things like that. Yeah. Because I, funnily enough, I went on, I'm always looking at F-Types, and I was looking at SVRs. Yeah. And, and the very early SVRs now are kind of maybe a couple sub 60 grand if you can be really aggressive on it, but the ones you want are the 18 forwards, mm. and they're still up at sort of 65, 70, mm. or, or, you know, actually maybe more, no, 80, sorry. There'd be more, the, yeah. the 18s were all 80, so. Yeah. Uh, anyway, cool cars. Uh, speaking of cool cars, Lotus. Mm. Big news this week. Mm, you Last said. couple of weeks. Mm. So, unfortunately, the Exige, the Elise, and the Evora, dead. 
Well, for me, I don't think that is unfortunate. <laughs> but okay. How dare you? Sorry, Lotus fans. <laughs> yes, be sorry. Uh, <laughs> so as part of the sort of the Lotus solution, there's a, a phrase that I'm just going to coin. Uh, we found out that the, the sort of new sports car model from Lotus is coming. I think it's it's going to be, we think, mid-engine, maybe V6 hybrid, not sure, but kind of a rival to the Maserati MC20 or something. But okay. I'm hoping 75, 80 grand, not 130. But let's wait and see. Watch this space. So that's got that's engine electric, right? I believe Hy- so. Hybrid. Yeah, I believe it's hybrid. I mean, I think there's very few information, if any information, about the car yet. They've okay. just confirmed that it is coming. And because it's coming, they are culling uh, their existing range. And for the Exige and the Elise, that's like 25 years. I've actually got the press release here. 25 years for the Elise and 21 years for the Exige. Amazing. Iconic. I mean, really iconic. And they're just gone. And they all look the same. They do all look the same. Well, no, yeah, Elise and Exige look very similar. Evora, I think, does look a bit different. Yeah, yeah, but no, what I mean is, is that a 1990s Elise oh. <laughs> <laughs> sure still going. looks like a 2021. Like the G-Wagon. Yeah. <laughs> but you know what? I know Lotuses can be a bit niche every now and again, right? For sure, really niche. But I'm, I'm such a fan, and I always have been, and from a proper Gen 1, low-powered, basic Elise, right up to their 430 cup mm. whatever you know yeah, the top yeah. top i just think they're so appealing as like driver's cars and we were talking about cars to go around the uk and you know sort of uk roads that's per like for me i would love either that avora again that i had uh, last year or an exige that i could pop the roof off and just to go blasting around wales or something like that it's just it's just driving it's driving pleasure yeah I, I can think of some roads in d- definitely Wales and Scotland that I wouldn't want to be driving in yeah. a siege or an elite. <laughs> you ground, might get stuck on a bump as you yeah, go over it. Yeah, a ground, bit of ground clearance would be a problem. But. Yeah, for sure. I just hope that with that new car, I, d- I know they're not going to lose it, but I really hope they don't go in this direction that all these other manufacturers have. But they've got to. No, I don't. Because of the think... regulations, mate. No, they've got to because of the regulations, but they can still make an interesting driver's focused car. Look at the GI Yaris. It's got all the most updated regulations, but it's a, it's a driver's car. It's there to be driven, and that's why everyone keeps going crazy about it. Alpine A110, a driver's car. I mean, even more of a driver's car if I had a manual, but... Porsches. <laughs> Porsches. <laughs> How predictable of you. Ferrari. Ferrari, yeah, Ferrari. Lamborghini. <laughs> oh. oh, no. Oh, hold on. <laughs> Wait. No, not Lamborghini. But do you know what I mean? Like they, I just don't want that new car to come out and just be a bit sanitised and a bit soft and be a 135 grand and just... They should be accessible because... The reason I've got this press release up, they've announced final edition cars for the Elise and Exige. Um, so there's five new versions to kind of wave off the cars. And the the, the first one, the Sport 240, which has got some special spec and stuff like that, 45 grand. What a great bargain. I mean, no, there's a lot cheaper Elise's that you can go and get. But as a final edition, I think that's so, I think that's great. I think that's cool. And that's what they should be, affordable sports cars. Mm. Like a Cayman. Yeah, but even more so. No, because I mean, you can't compare an Elite and a Cayman, can you? Well, it's an Avora and a Cayman that you want yeah, to co- you yeah, yeah, compare, yeah, and then yeah, that, yeah. that price. Wise. So, yeah, Elise, I, Elise is like a Caterham. Yes. Yeah. yeah exactly. And, and so some people might say, "Well, it's a ton of money," but I, I actually think, given that this is a special edition, and there are lots of special edition Lotuses, I saw that price and I went, "You know what? Heck yeah! Why not?" The most expensive one is the Exige Cup. 430, which is, which is 100 grand, fine. Uh, quite, quite, quite a bit. But you can get the Sport 420 for 80 grand. Good. Uh, <laughs> but the Elise, I just, there's nothing cool about it. I just looked at that and went, oh my God, I kind of want an Elise. Can you get in? With the roof off? Uh, 
<laughs> with the roof. I the, think with the roof on it. I can't fit really in most good, cars. Forty-five grand. Oh, I can't get in. <laughs> <laughs> but if I take the roof off, I can. Well, so it's not raining. Yeah, let's hope not. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I, for me, I, I think it was a sad thing because I've always kind of thought, how cool would it be to have like a gold leaf inspired or gold leaf livery inspired Elise? Um, Exige, I remember Seb Delaney obviously specking up his, taking his. We went on various road trips with his. And then obviously I spent time in the Evora. And they are great cars. And I know they lag behind in some areas uh, compared to their competition, but they've also stayed true to who they are and kept their identity. And I think that's so important for a brand like Lotus. And, and so, yeah, I'm really hopeful. I'm keeping all my fingers crossed. That we should get Seb on here if he could talk. He can't talk with them. I know. I hope get well, boy. So yeah, I don't think he listens, but... No, <laughs> well, he might do. I'll send do. him the link. You never know. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, coming on to the, to the meat on the bones of this episode, I want to talk about the V12 engine. It's going. Uh, yeah, essentially, yes. Uh, yeah. So, uh, the, we'll kick off this conversation with uh, Ferrari's upcoming 812 GTO. Or super, super fast, or hyper fast, or whatever the hell they're going to call it. Which is a TDF version of the 812. Yeah, a TDF version, or a GTO version, or whatever it might be, the hardcore version of the 812 super fast. Uh, and this is being um, speculated as the last naturally aspirated V12 Grand Tour from Ferrari. Like the F12 TDF was. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> like the last manual 911 R. Oh, you know. <laughs> So, so it probably means that we're going to have V12s from Ferrari for years and years to come. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But let's face it, I think we are starting to see the decline of V12s. We, we know that with the world the way that it is, it's unlikely that manufacturers are going to be pouring lots of money into these big, big naturally aspirated engines. Lamborghini are going to carry on, I think. Well, this is the thing. So this is what I want to discuss. So Lamborghini are looking towards, I think, a hybrid solution, hybrid V12. I believe. A low capacity hybrid V12. A four litre V12 hybrid. Okay. Yes. So interesting route mm. to go. And I think Lambo, like Ferrari, do need the V12. In an Aventador, for sure. For sure. Yeah, yeah. And as I say, for Ferrari and their Halo Mark, you would think that they need that V12. That's since 1960, whatever, mm. the 166 mm. or whatever. It's had a V12. So those brands are intrinsically linked with that engine or that for that setup. Yep. But if you look at someone like a Mercedes or Rolls-Royce or whoever it might be who are using or have used big V12 power plants for smoothness, you've got to think that they're going to be moving away from that, right? Yeah, because the engine isn't as important because it's all about the smoothness. So you can get a modern engine to be smooth. That's why people buy big Mercedes and big BMWs what engine they put in is irrelevant. Whereas a Lamborghini or Ferrari, it's the heart. It, it's why people buy that product. And if you take that away, they better think of something else. So it's a big question that maybe isn't just about the engine, but what what is the future for our big, big supercar brands? Because I agree. I mean, an, an 812 Superfast or the Halo GT car from Ferrari, I think does lose a lot if it doesn't have a V12. But maybe they're going to blow us all away and come out with a hybrid. What? Do you put the V8? Do you put a, an iteration of the F8 Tributo engine in there? Like, what? How do you replace that? Well, I'd just like to put two fingers up to all the people that like EV because if this is what's happening now. We're now talking about the, 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 the best built engines now leaving us. 
And you want to be EV? Are you joking? No, you keep saying this. I don't want to be EV. <laughs> yes, you do. <laughs> Our argument a few weeks ago was around Formula E, a motorsport. And well, it's secondly, not a motorsport, I run faster. <laughs> secondly, I am open to EVs in the city yeah. and used in daily life. Ah. Fine. Yeah. But no, I am still a petrol head, as well, cliched as that might be. Well, by the way, you was defending EVs the other day. I had Formula doubt. E! Same thing. Formula E! That's where it comes from. I can't bear you. This is where it starts, as you know. Yes, okay, let's so come back to the conversation the we were talking about. Yes, we come back to the end. But the world is a different place. Oh, the world is a right. different place. It is all right. <laughs> and so, is now the time to buy a V12? What? what? Well, I don't know. I mean, if you're asking me, do I want to go out and buy an Aventador or a Mercialago? Absolutely not. <laughs> but do you not think that we kind of have to? Because 2030 is coming, right? <laughs> no, no, I'm being serious. I'm being deadly serious. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, w- these engines, there will be a time in our lives when somebody younger than us will say, What's the V12? Oh, I think you've just made a light bulb moment. I mean, I've got to buy an 812, haven't I? Yeah. I bet hurry up. On it, but no, but no, 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 you're right. In all seriousness, I, I, I've been thinking about this for about 12 months now that we all held on, oh, manuals are so great and cars are so electronic. But what if there comes a time where we cannot own a V12 engine? Think of the cars at V12 Vantage. All the Ferraris, all the Lambos. I said that just to goad you. <laughs> Did you? S65s for Mercs, big yeah, yeah. BMW V12s, yeah, yeah. as I say. Uh, Rolls Royces with their super McLaren sweet. F1. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I told Paul Wallace if I I, know, V8, that, I didn't know what I was going to be like. That's why I paused for a second. Because <laughs> so I was like, what? two weeks ago, Tony, you didn't know that. You had, what, what engine did you think was in a McLaren I thought it was a V8. Oh I thought my it was a God. BMW V8 car. So literally after that whole episode where Tony went in on the McLaren F1, he didn't even know what engine was in it. No, I, I honestly thought it was the 5 litre V8 oh engine from BMW. You're just a nightmare. But it is a BMW engine, right? It is a BMW engine, yeah. Because right. at the time McLaren weren't building their own engines. No. Could have been there. Do they still build their Tur- own engines? Turbo V8. Perhaps <laughs> they should three, go back to BMW get engines again. <laughs> anyway, so if you think of all these great, great cars, it's such an experience. You know, we all sit there and we herald, you know, Gallardos for their V10s and 360 for its V8. But I just feel like the V12 will be one of those things that in years and years to come, and I'm talking 10, 20, 30, 50 years, there'll be documentaries on oh, the great... Oh, right then, 50 years. You won't. No. I might just be. Oh, <laughs> doubt it. <laughs> and it does make me think, you know, how much of it, how much of cars these days is the engine a part of it? And actually, maybe not that much because if Ferrari lose that V12, I think we'll all get used to it pretty quickly. I'm sure we're going to... Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary 
not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Miss it. But nowadays, I mean, think about... I'm trying to... I'm sort of having an argument with myself here, so get involved. No, I've got examples. Please, because Cayman... When they switched the four-cylinder, yeah, everyone kicked off. Yeah. So what do they do? Put a six-cylinder back in. Yeah, yeah. But what I'm saying is, is that that four-cylinder car was very good. It was a very good engine. It just didn't sound very good. No. But it was a good car. So they sold a lot of them. Maybe we're just kidding ourselves and the V12 actually isn't that important at all. Listen, we said this before. People just do not like change. And, and let's be honest, really, it's nice to have the V12 about... But how many people actually buy big V12 engines now? Like, honestly, how many people actually go out? I've never, I've never owned a V12 car, nor nope. have you. Nope. And I know, I know that Lamborghini is, is the real one for me. I think Ferrari will probably get away with it. Because, okay, it is their, their flagship engine. But nowadays, there's so many different cars from Ferrari, mate. Like, Lamborghinis do only do three. Yeah. Whereas... Ferrari do millions, and, and uh, no, they do, don't no, they? Yeah, no, no, fair, fair, fair. So, it, you know, they obviously when that eight twelve was released, everyone went absolutely bonkers about that car. Sold allocation for the whole five year production. There's forty five of them for sale now, so they're not loved that much. V twelves, yeah, and, and that's exactly it. You know, I, I've sort of almost realised midway through this episode that. I've been thinking, oh, we, we, I need to own a V12. You know, this is going to be so sad. We're going to lose one of the greatest engines of all time. But actually, does it matter? And maybe not, because maybe these companies are clever enough now to put in engines that still give you performance that you need. They can pump in artificial sound. Like, are we are we sometimes too jaded? Are we, as petrol heads, do we sometimes hang on to these things? I mean, I'm definitely looking at you with your arguments around EVs. <laughs> And do we sometimes go, oh, you know, Nico manual's so much better. Like, let's not use let's the manual. Not, no, well, no. I know you personally think that it's not. And you always choose a PDK over a manual. Mm. Well, I've got three very good examples that, that manufacturers moving on from natural aspirated V8 cars, essentially. I know, we, I know we are talking about V12s, but they've come a step down from sure. V8. So Mercedes being one, yeah. being that they had the, the big 6.2 V8 engine, which everyone loved. And then they bring the four liter twin turbo, which is a which is a very very good engine, by the way, um, and is in all their modern cars. And people still love that, and they still sell millions of them cars right across the range. Agreed. Um, BMW with the old M3 engine that was a true, and that wasn't it sounded good, but it wasn't a great engine. It's got fundamental problems, um, and although the noise isn't as good in the in the, oh, I don't know, is it the S58 or the S55 engine? Whatever. That M4 engine. Sure. Oh, yeah. And no, I don't know the yeah, coding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. But, but people have moved on and people now still fanboy over that over that car and the M2 and the M2 CS 
and the M2 competition, not the M2 because that's a different engine. Mm-hmm. And then Audi with the old RS4 V8 engine, they've gone to a V6 twin turbo car. They still sell millions of them, mate. You're so right. And I think, you know, as I say, it's so easy to be caught up in the moment. And of course, old engines are great for lots of different reasons. You yeah. know, my, my, my V8 in my 360, I adore and I love for the way it sounds, the way it performs, everything, because it's from that era. Mm. But that's not to say a 488 Pisto engine is not also fantastic. Heck, mm. it's supposedly won a ton of awards. Um, it has won lots of awards. It won lots of awards, even if there was some that's money, another good money passed underneath the table. Um, <laughs> There is that's another, another good example. But I don't know if that's a good example because how many people still go, oh, well, I'd pick a 458 instead of a 488. I think that's changed slightly. Do you? Yes. And that is because now the pendulum's changed slightly where the 458, as good as it is, it is now an old car. Mm-hmm. And I actually think, we spoke about this before, I actually think they're a ton of money for what they are now. Like a good one, still 140, 150 grand. Yeah. We can have a 488 for that. Yeah. And I know, well, we've said, a you mi- just have the 488. Yeah, it's, it's, it's miles better. Miles. It's as better. much of a leap, I think, from 430 to 458. True. It's a huge, huge step. Yeah. And so if you drive them back to back, I think you're always, personally, I think you're always going to lean on the 488. Um, but that that is a debate that people go back and forth a lot about mm. the natural aspect versus turbocharge and still bang on about. But you're so right with those other examples. And Mercedes is a very, very good one there where they still use the same branding, right? So you still got C63, but we know it's not a 6.2 litre V8. Correct. Um, and that's kind of important because it's kind of kept this idea. The car is still fantastic, performs very well. It's a different engine. It's a different way of going about it. There is something still amazing when you see a C63 Black Series snarling and shouting yeah. in that kind of way way but that's not to say the new cars aren't brilliant in their own right and you know in the old days as well if you had a turbocharged car you'd wait 10 minutes for the turbos <laughs> yeah. to come in and and um you'd piss off down the road and then you'd have to change gear again but nowadays these modern and another good example is that mercedes v8 engine and the 488 engine there is basically no lag they behave like a natural aspirated car they they uh, regrettably they're never going to sound they're never going to have that high tone noise because sure. they're turbocharged of course but again both of them cars they're both turbocharged they both sound good still both of them although they're turbocharged but they behave like natural aspirated cars so and they're faster and they're more efficient and they don't go wrong and there's so many good examples of why they're so listen it's technology it's moved on so, so, so there I'm just going to come out and say it I think, well, I'm not, what am I going to say? I don't know. <laughs> but but th- I know that we're going to see this a lot over the next few years, right? The last V12 from Ferrari, everyone should go and buy it. It's going to be the last V12 and it's going to get all this hype and theoretically generate overs, which is what everyone seems to always want to bring back. Let's make this as valuable as possible. Mm. When actually, let's stop caring and let's just enjoy the cars as they are, knowing that probably every generation is going to be better than the last because right. they just do improve. I'm going to make a prediction now. Go on. That the new eight twelve TDF mm-hmm. won't fetch as much overs as the F twelve TDF. So at its peak, F twelve TDF was trading for just under a million pounds. Correct, and it was list four four twenty five or something? something like that. A high spec one. We're like, yeah. So it was, it was yeah, it was uh, early four fifty, four fifty, something yeah. like that. So so more than double the price. So yeah, uh, and we now know that they've come right back down to what six hundred. 650? 
Yeah, something and, like that. And I think they'll come back a bit more when the new car comes out. Yeah, potentially. So I'm with you. I think the A12. I don't know why everyone's suspecting it's going to be called a GTO, but let's say that it is. Um, similar price. Three three seventy five, three eighty five, something like that. Just under four hundred, spec'd up four fifty, four sixty. It'd be a bit more money, wouldn't it? It'll be. Uh, it can't start at four something, can no, it? What's it the will, What's will. the SF ninety? Different car though. No, but pri- if they do an eight twelve GTO Spider, <laughs> fair. But but still, I'm googling this. Let's do this right now. So an, an a, a How spec- much was the F twelve TDF? List. List, yeah, that's right. Yeah, 360, 370. US MSRP. I don't care about the US price. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah, well, <laughs> Sorry. That's probably where they sold by. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, US <laughs> listeners. Um, price here started from. Oh, come on. Who? This is. So I mean, annoying. I will be right. I know you'll be right, but I, okay, so the uh, 339,000 for the F12 TDF. I don't think it's going to be 50,000. I think it's going to be around, what, 50,000 pounds more. It's still 380,000, 390,000. Plus options. Plus options, yeah, yeah fine. Yeah, yeah. Plus options. So I don't think it's going to start at a four. A four. I, I just don't. I mean, if it does, like, fair play Ferrari, but... But if it does start at four, it will be 400 plus options. But you're probably right. It'd be late freeze plus options. So I bet you could go mad and spend nearly half a million quid on one, though. You always have 100 grand with Volkswagen and Ferrari. Oh, you, you always can. Whatever you want, sir, yeah. except pink. Um, so, yeah, I'm kind of with you. I think I think we'll see them trading at 7, 750, mm. something like that. The, the big over, you know, we've seen now recently over the last year or so, the big overs for cars have gone. You know, yeah, like yeah, yeah. We keep saying it. The we Speeds keep... is a good example. Um, there's a few. The Pista, um, that SF90. Um, there's a couple advertised. They're not. They are a little bit over, but they're not big overs. It's not the crazy world that we were living in five, no, six years ago. No, 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 no. But I do still think that there will be this kind of, almost this fear, this kind of thought of. It's like with the GT3. Is this going to be the last naturally aspirated GT3 Porsche ever make? Oh. Firstly, who knows? But actually, maybe I've just realised I don't think I care. Correct. I thought I did. I mean, I've been getting all emotional about it and trying to think of ways that I could get myself into a V12. <laughs> We're going to lose this engine. But actually, let's just go with it. If it I want to own a V12, hopefully I can go back and buy one at some point, one of the old ones. Listen, there will always be something latest and greatest that will be better in some way. You're right there. Now, before we finish off today, F1 news. Ah, season still hasn't started, but we have finally heard that Lewis Hamilton has signed a contract with Mercedes. Literally heard it within the last hour as well. (laughs) Minutes before we went on air. Um, However, the interesting part of it is he's only signed for one year. Well, I think we know why that is. Well, I think we, well, let's go into it because... I actually found out this information secretly last week, but I couldn't talk about it. I was under strict embargo. Well, you text everyone. I text everyone, <laughs> uh, but I couldn't talk about it publicly. Um, but yeah, so he signed for one year. Now, I think the press are kind of saying that, oh, you know, he had these big demands that he wanted 40 million pounds a year for three years. And, and he sort of climbed down for that because there's no alternative seats um, or uh, and with the global climate. Yeah, like yeah. But, Where's he go? Well, I think he goes into retirement. Okay. So I... I guess that was the route he was going, but maybe he was always wanting a one-year contract and Mercedes actually didn't want to give him that one year. That's why it's taken so long to sign. Mm. Because it's clear that 
one year for him for personal reasons probably makes sense because he's gonna you would think I mean we don't know obviously but you'd think he'll win that eighth world title and then bow out and go thank you very much you would assume so and, and it, it's felt like the last few years that he's stepping back a little bit even though he seems to be getting better and better as a driver and a more complete driver and a better champion his enthusiasm for the sport seems from the outside to be declining a bit mm. maybe i'm reading that completely wrong and it, he would be bowing out potentially at his peak if he were to retire at the end of next year because unlike many other champions He's been getting better every year. He hasn't had that decline. He hasn't moved off to a midfield team and slowly sort of faded away into the background. He's, I, I would say, a better driver each year than the year before at the moment. So it would be quite a sort of big thing for him to step away. But as you say, he's likely to win his eighth championship. He's probably got nothing else to prove to himself, definitely to no one else. And with all the sort of things going on in his mind that he's trying to be so enviro-friendly, etc., maybe he goes this is it, maybe time to walk away. Or uh, is it going to be spectacular? And actually, he's waiting because he wants to sign a Red Bull deal or a Ferrari deal for the 2022 regs. Who yeah. knows? Uh, Enviro-friendly as he jets off on his plane. Yeah. <laughs> I think he sold his plane. Really? I think he sold well, his well plane. Well, well done. Why? He still flies. Oh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, you know, there's only so much you can do. Um, but yeah, I, it's a very interesting... Uh, development, I suppose. Um, you know, at some point, the man is going to have to retire. As successful as he is and as good as he is. 36? Yeah, 36, 37. Yeah, something like that. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he's pushing on the years for a Formula 1 driver. Mm. And, um, you know, he, he's, he's done everything. He's pretty much got every record in the book. Um, and with the new regulations coming in 2022, it would be a nice moment for him to step away for us as fans. Well, I think... Uh, uh, as well, mate, if you look at his... I mean, we don't know about his personal life, obviously, and, and who are we to pry? Of course. But but but, but, <laughs> uh, but what I'm saying is is that from what we know, he hasn't really got a personal life. He's dedicated to the sport so much over the years where, you know, when you get to your mid-late 30s, you want to be settling down and having children and stuff. And from what we know, I mean, we don't know. We, I mean, we know he hasn't got children. We probably know that, but... You know, has he got, has he got a girlfriend? Is he is he going to get married or you know? Yeah, life, sports, men and women. I think is difficult. That you know, mm. it's it's such a time heavy, commitment heavy lifestyle that yeah. you know, it's not the first time we would have seen this. But yeah, you're right. You know, I'm sure things are starting to weigh on his mind. Uh, and you know, he's forever dabbling in music and fashion and now extreme e and all these different elements that you know i think he would be prepared and set up for a life post f1 i think he'd probably make more money post f1 because uh, i think he is a very valuable entity to mm. go on and do other great things whether it's within the sport or, or separately so let's wait and see but i think the big question it sort of poses is what would mercedes do in 2022 if he does retire because it's only one year both him and bottas one year contracts for 2021 new regulations coming in, we could see, now this is me fantasising a bit, an all-new lineup at the championship team in 2022. Yeah, or Mercedes tell us later on in the year they're not doing it in 2022. Well, I mean, that would be pretty dramatic. <laughs> I, I, I don't think that's the case, because now Ineos... Would you have, cry? No, I, I wouldn't care. As long <laughs> yeah. as the team stayed, I couldn't care less if it was Mercedes or not, but what I would, wouldn't want to see is the actual physical team departing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we're not going to see that, because Ineos have now bought a third of the team... It's oh, three right, equal okay. shares between Toto, Mercedes and Ineos. So even if Mercedes were to pull out, they won't stop supplying engines, I don't think, because it's just a too good R&D, at which point I'm pretty sure Toto and definitely Ineos would want to pick up that slack. Mm. So the, the team's not really going anywhere. The big question is, 
are these huge rule changes going to provide a switch up in the competitive order? I would hope so. You would expect so. It often is the case when you have these major, major rule changes because teams take their time. You know, hopefully Ferrari, Renault, whoever it might be, I think Renault definitely, have been building towards these new regs for a long time. Yeah. So they should be competitive. So Red Bull. Red Bull, absolutely. Let's see what's going to happen with them and engines. But if Hamilton steps away, if I was Mercedes, I think I would get rid of Bottas as well. Fair. Because you, you're definitely going to bring Russell in. But last year, Bottas quite unconvincingly only just beat Max Verstappen to the title. Mm. Russell, whilst he beat Bottas on his one and only outing for Mercedes, he's still a rookie and he has yeah. he does still make mistakes. And I wouldn't trust him to win a championship over a season. No, over a season, you'd think that Bottas would still be quicker than him over a season. And don't forget, Bot- Bottas did have a bad year last year and he had some bad luck. He's not normally that bad, is he? Is he? He's had some pretty disastrous years. He's had some better years, but he's had yeah. some pretty disastrous years. Uh, I learned an interesting stat. I did a, a podcast for uh, motorsport.com recently, which I don't know when that's going out, but I heard the stat that last year, Bottas's deficit to Hamilton was bigger than all of Rosberg's def- deficits combined. Mm, amazing. So, you know, he had a disastrous year last year and he's had a few disastrous years. But yeah. my point being, I'm not convinced he'd be quicker than Russell over a season. I actually think Russell could beat him. Really? Yeah, but I think a competitive Verstappen or a, a 2022 Ferrari in the hands of Leclerc, I think could beat a Bottas or a Russell mm. over a season. Mm. Um, and so as Mercedes, do you go, right, we're going to bring the new kid in. So we want the stability of Bottas. We know what he can deliver. He's a solid, he's solidly there. Or do you see it as actually we need someone I don't know who. I honestly don't know who who can come in and do an even better job in a more strong way. You know, it's, it's going to be a big question mark. Go and get Verstappen. If you're Mercedes, I mean, yeah, you don't get Verstappen. I think, and I'm sure he's the best driver, on the apart from Hamilton, he's the best driver on the grid. Well, you know you're not getting Leclerc because he's obviously signed up for Correct. 55 years. Yeah, yeah. Um, do you get Ricardo? I don't think so. I think Ricardo's now plugged into McLaren and Norris. that's a long-term thing. Too young. Yeah. Um, Ocon, obviously knocking around, is still Toto Wolff and Mercedes' young driver program, but I think He'll like his life at Renault. Yeah. Uh, sorry, Alpine, as they're now called. If he gets absolutely trashed by Alonso, will he be out of favour? I don't think you want someone like that. You need a surefire winner. If you're getting rid of Bottas, who is your absolute... You've got to assume Russell is in. Yeah, I think yeah, no yeah. matter what, Russell is in for yeah, 2022. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's who is alongside him. That is your young and up-and-coming quick driver. So yeah. you need someone solid but competitive. I think Verstappen and Russell is fireworks. Yeah. So I think you want Russell and a Sainz. So, you, you know, someone who is, not Sainz because he's at Ferrari, but you know what I mean? Someone who is quick and young and a bit more fiery than Bottas, but isn't going to upset the roost too much. It's a very hard thing to suss out. There'd be similar age for Stappen and... Um, Russell. Russell. Yeah, yeah. There might be a lot between them. No. It's just that for Stappen's further on in his development. Exactly. Uh, it's going to be an interesting one to see. I think it keeps it spicy. Um... Yeah, I do think there's a chance that, that Hamilton will go. I do I do mm. think at the end of the year. But he might also sign a three-year contract with Mercedes or Red Bull or Ferrari. <laughs> it reminds me of, do you remember the, did you see the Netflix documentary, The Last Dance with Michael Jordan? No. So good. And that was all about the kind of same thing of a of a team, which such a coach and Michael Jordan, and then obviously the rest of the team around them, going for that one last championship. Mm. Yeah, they were all going to quit. They are all going to retire, but they kind of agreed together. If he's there, I'll be there. Let's do it. But the minute he quits, I'm quitting too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Total Wolf's obviously just invested a lot in the team, but from a business point of view, that's always good 
business. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, even if he true. steps away from the role, he's still an investor and, and good business. But maybe him and Hamilton have kind of, it's that kind of handshake of, we've done everything we can do. We've beaten everything. Where's the challenge? Well, it's not just that as well, mate. I think he's real, he's real right-hand man is the, is the mechanic, isn't it? Is the, he's G- Bono. Bono. Really? Yeah, I think they've got a great working yeah. relationship. Uh, I'm sure they do. But I think that team has been structured in a way that has really suited Hamilton. There was a great article that came out. Oh, was it Mark Hughes? I can't remember who did the article now. Talking about Hamilton's dark years, mm. which was 2010, 2011 to 2013. Uh, the sort of end, Sorry, 2012. The McLaren dark years. 2010, 2011. The, the button teammate years, basically. Um... When he wasn't very competitive, he was a bit all over the place. He made some mistakes. And the bit that I took out of it was that whilst he was at McLaren, Hamilton said he couldn't be the driver he wanted to be because the team didn't let him in. The team didn't allow him to be part of the conversation. He was always the young kid they'd brought up from the lower ranks and they knew best. Whilst Mercedes from day one wanted him involved in every single area. And we don't see it. And I think at the beginning, everyone's like, oh, he's just a party boy. He doesn't really know what he's doing. But I think he's deeply invested in that car, that team, morale, everything. A bit like Schumacher was. That's how these drivers become so, so successful. So I think Bono's over, an important part of it. Over a long period of time, don't forget. Yeah. Because anyone can win, uh, not anyone, but but you can win a ch- championship once in any sport. But the real elite, um, sportsmen, they do it consistently over a 10-year period. Yeah, and so I think Bono, of course, is part, but I think all of them, and I think Toto and Lewis have a, must share a very similar mentality or ethos, Yeah, which was probably shared with Nicky Lauda as well, of how that team should be and exist, and I think it probably is on Lewis's mind that if Toto goes, mm. will that still be so cohesive? Yeah. Um, and maybe Toto thinks the same about Lewis. I, I don't know, but it's, it's an interesting one. It's F1 news and considering the season is, is definitely, it's off season. Any F1 news is good news. Um, and at least now we know our full driver lineup for 2021. Thank God, I think an exciting year because I was really worried it was going to be a bit of a year because obviously the regulations got pushed back. The pecking order is very unlikely to change that much because the cars aren't really going to be heavy de- heavy, uh, heavily developed. It slowed them down a bit, though. Well, no, I mean, not really. I mean, everything's basically the same. The same. Um, but we've got loads of driver changes, so that's what's exciting. And then the final bit of gossip that I heard is that BWT, the uh, sponsors of, obviously, Racing car. Point, the pink car, yeah, yeah. Uh, hopefully moving to Williams. Oh, yeah. Because oh. obviously Racing, Racing Point now become Aston Martin. They kicked out BWT. They got Koizingian or whatever they're called. Yeah, yeah. So fingers crossed, right and I say year, that because, well, yeah, but, but, but because it's big money and it's mm. good sponsorship and Williams need all the help they can get, even though it's no longer Frank and Claire. It's an iconic team, and I think big money sponsorship always helps. Of course. So uh, I think, yeah, that's, let's keep our fingers crossed, but I, I'm hearing rumours that, that that deal might be on. And really, that, yeah, that's about it. So sorry it's a shorter episode than usual, but hopefully you still enjoyed it. Uh, if you're watching here on YouTube, make sure to subscribe, turn on notifications so you don't miss future episodes. If you're listening, keep doing so. And if you want to follow us, it's Tony at Gravelwood Car Sales and Seen Through Glass. And we will catch up with you next week uh, for hopefully a, a slightly longer and more bountiful episode. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.